Okay, good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chav Tes in Maseches Yibamos. Andrew Chav Tes Amadalf is small, but we first have to get there. We're starting out eight lines up from the Mishnah that's towards the bottom. Chav Ches Amad Beis. Hashem, we had the Koch to get through most of that Daf, but we got left at Eishes Achav Shiloya Balama. What are we doing there? The answer is as follows. Just to orient ourselves, we had Mishnayas about three brothers, and then we started our parak with Mishnayas about four brothers. And I decided we're going to do, for, um, going forward, brother one, brother two, brother three, brother four. If, if you read uh, Asimov's Foundation with Dusk, Dawn, and uh, Day, it, it, it's easier. It's easier. Um, anyways, the point is brother one, brother two, brother three, brother four. Okay? And brother one, brother two, marry sisters and die. And we talked about all the permutations of how brother three and brother four could do yibum in the case where the sisters fell to them to yibum. And we have the famous statement of it has to be a case, according to Rebbe where we try to now fit it back in. This was already in the first half of Vivamos, a big deal, where asura lezeh muteras lezeh, asura lezeh muteras lezeh, and we said, according to Rebchia, that that scenario where brother three and brother four each could, in theory, marry one of the other sisters because the other sisters in Erva, right, to them, again, just to clarify, that was really the essence of our case. And as I told you, Andrew, in the beginning, this is, if you're going to start doing the charts and the puppets, you can and you should, but... At a certain point, if you boil it down just to the halacha, it's not that complicated because the halacha is very straightforward. The halacha is if, if one of the two sisters is an erva to a potential yavam, then and only then can he then perform yibum on the non-related sister, okay? The sister that's not an erva to him. But if both of them are not ervas to the yavam, so then the yavam cannot perform Yibum on either of them because there is a simultaneous Zika of two sisters, which is something that is an Isser, okay? It's as simple as that. And so the only thing is if you start working through the charts and you're saying, well, how can each one of these 15 Arayos in, cited in, in Mishnah Aleph, right? Uh, Parak Aleph, Mishnah Aleph. How can such a scenario arise? Well, that can be very confusing indeed. And none more confusing than the Eishas Achiv Shalaya Bel Lamo. Of course, the Pasuk says, Kieshvu Achim Yachdov, that all the brothers need to be contemporaries at the time that the brothers, that deceased brother one and brother two uh, died childless in order for brother three and brother four to be eligible for Yibum. Well, there is a Machlokas, um, between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanon that we discussed at great length from Daf Yud Ches all the way to Daf Chaf about exactly when the non-contemporary brother, as Artscroll calls it, uh, was born. Um, and the last thing we left off saying yesterday was that it's true that you can uh, perpetuate Rabbi Chia, this concept of even in the case of but only according to Rabbi Shimon. How so? Because Rabbi Shimon holds that the is only disqualified if the new brother is born before brother two did Yibum. So let's say, right? So, so in other words, it has to be after the death of the first brother and before the Yibum of the second brother because once the second brother does Yibum, according to Rabbi Shimon, so then if the 
the brother, the non-contemporary brother was born afterwards, then he's no longer considered non-contemporary because even though he was not living at the same time as brother one, well, he was born after the uh, Yibum performed by brother two. And therefore, he was born into a world where brother two was his contemporary brother, where Shimon was his contemporary brother. And therefore, in within that world, Ruvain is no longer the issue. He's now simply the Yavam, the contemporary Yavam of Shimon, of brother two. Anyway, to finish it off here, how this Shita of Rabbi Shimon would fit into, uh, into the case of Asuzim Mutarazet, we have a Safra who explains. Uh, right? In other words, somebody has to come and explain this, give sort of Chazarish here. here. So, Rav Safra Mutar game, Af The only way you can get Rabbi Shimon to work within the, again, the concept of Rebchia of Asul Zemotar is when you have six brothers. By the way, once we get to the Mishnah soon enough in the eight lines, um, it gets a little easier, Andrew. We're going to put away the puppets and we're going to give our brain uh, relatively a rest. Although I could tell you that this next Mishnah, where we're learning any other Masechta, you'd think it's murder. But that's why I'm talking about it. We're training in high altitude, Barry. By the time we get to a Mishnah that otherwise would be considered murder, for us it's going to feel like water. But let's just get there. So let's just finish the six brothers. So, Shimon. So now you have to expand it, of course, to six brothers of Simanech, and you're going to have a mnemonic Barry now that's going to make the whole case easy for you. It's basically the case where a brother dies, and then another brother is born, and the brother does Yibam. How so? As follows. Ruvain Bishimin is soon Shtayachayus. You have brother one, brother two, marry two sisters. Levi Behudin is soon Shtayachayus. And then brother three and brother four marry Shikses. Just kidding. Nachrios here just means that they're not related to each other. Okay? Jewish, uh, beautiful Jewish girls. Um, um, Karen Traub specials. No, no, no questions asked. The thing is, they're not related to each other. You see, you're going to set up how you're going to have the case. Because you can't just do it with four. You need to have the following case, says the Gemara. Meis Ruvain, Noladi Sachar, Bibim Levi. So this was, this was a sheet of, Rabbi Shimon, of uh, Rabbi Shimon indeed. Brother one died, and then that's when brother five is born, okay? And then brother three does Yibum for brother one, okay? Um, so brother one dies, brother five is born, and then brother three does the Yibum. That's the sequence. And then, Mace uh, Shimon, brother two dies, Nolad Zvulun, brother six is then born, the Yibim Yehuda, and then brother four does Yibim for brother two. You see how it makes it so much easier when I do it with the numbers? Because you can't keep track of the names. Okay. And now, so what has happened, uh, Barry? Brothers four and brother three have done Yibim for brother one and brother two. That's pretty easy. And they're married to the sisters. Now that they've done the Yibum, mind you, they've married two non-sisters, brother three and brother four. So now they're married to non-sisters, but they've done Yibum on sisters. Okay? So far, they could still do that because it was in sequence, right? Now, of course, brother three and brother four die. And in each case, by the way, uh, a brother, five or six, was born before three and four actually performed the Yibum. Okay. So now, uh, brother three and brother four die without children. Ah, now you have the case. Because what do you have before brother five and brother six? Since brother five and six were born between the deaths of brother one and brother two, and the Yibam of the sisters, all of a sudden, they have 
these, since now they have mind you, only according to Rabbi Shimon, but that, that falls into the definition of where because it was done in sequence, and which is to say, right, that they're, they are to only one of them. Because of the sequence, it, because it happens sequentially, it is a very short window of when you could be an Eish Sachiv Shalaya Ba'alamo. So one woman was only an Eish Sachiv Shalaya Ba'alamo to Yisachar, and the other woman was only an Eish Sachiv Shalaya Ba'alamo to Zvulun. And therefore, that, and since, despite the fact that now you have two sisters falling to, to Yisachar and Zvulun, essentially to Yibum, because right there, the co-wives of the non-sisters, now that Reuben and, then now that brother three and brother four, Yehuda and Levi had married them, even though you, each one is an Eishas Achiv even though they're sisters, each one is an Eishas Achiv to one of them, which enables both Yisachar and Zvulun to marry the other one. Ba-da! Um, but six brothers is not enough, because Lamali Yibum Yehuda this, I was learning with my son Yerachmiel on Sunday, because we thought maybe we would learn this yesterday. And, and the Gemara asked, And my brain almost seized. I said, are you kidding me? But the fact is, it's true. This is the same question we've asked already. Some Yerachmiel understood it right away. He wasn't even sitting in front of a Gemara. He just lets me read it to him and he explains it to me. So it's three, what is it? Right. We said before, why do you need four brothers? Remember the first mission on our parak? Why do we need four brothers? You can learn the same principle with three brothers. This Rib Shimon, this whole thing could be learned with five brothers. You don't need to have the crisscross. That's the point, Barry. Right? can work with just a fifth brother, and you can illustrate it the same way. Because after all, one of the women is going to be an Eshesach of Shaloya Balamo, and the other woman will not. So why do you need to have the birth of the sixth brother? Says the Gemara, Mishum Tzara. Right? Because if there's only one brother... And there's nobody to reject the tzara. <laughs> That's why you need to have six. Okay. So the Gemara says, ha, tzara, 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 So how are you going to learn tzara, tzara? Because after all, that is, Reb Chia, by the way, applied him his dictum that drove everybody crazy. With, Birnbaum is convinced it's just to give the Jews the mental gymnastics. He said, why are we so concerned? Is like, you know, why were we so concerned about Reb Chia's statement? I don't think that's the reason, but Reb Chia does make Yavamas a lot more interesting for everyone. So, and, and be that as may, he applies it to the entire Mishnah Aleph, Parak Aleph in Yavamas, and therefore the Tsar Tsar should apply as well. Well, the Gemara says, yeah, you could do it, Tsar Tsar. In that case, could go to Nami God sure. Yeah, that case works, because after leaving Yehuda die childless, you can have God and Asher take their original wives in Yibum, and then they could die childless. Ah, oh, once you expand it to eight brothers, ain't the dover so Don't worry. You can have Tsara Sara and Tsara Sara Sara ad infinitum. Okay. So that is the um, tail end of, of, of that discussion of the four brothers. Let's get back to three brothers, shall we? Mishnah Chavchesam Amabez. Shlosha Achin. Shnayim is suin Achayas. Wait, is this in the say? Are we on repeat now? Two of the brothers married two sisters? No. The, the question is, right, they married, in that case, yes, it's the same, but wait. Oh, Isho Bita. Now we're talking. Isho Bita, in this case, don't be confused. These women are related to each other. They're not to him, right? Up until now, we've been talking about Arias, where the relationship between the women 
and the and the Yavamim are, are, are an erva, and therefore when you have an erva fall to you, you she's not in play, and the sister or the other relative can be misyabim. The topic of this Mishnah is, do the women that fall to you only pose a problem when they are sisters to each other? What if the two women that fall to you in Yibum are related to each other in a different way? One is a mom, one's a daughter. See what I mean? And the answer is going to be that all of those, that's called skukas ervaso, right? Or ervas skukaso. But that's an isr Which is to say, the two women up until now, all the cases we're talking about has been, have been sisters. Now we're just saying that they don't have to dafka be sisters. They can have any kind of relationship. That's what the mission is saying. It says, oh, shtechayas, oh, isho bita, oh, isho bat bita. One guy married a woman, the other, guy, the other brother married her granddaughter. Oh, isha uvas bina, right? Granddaughter from the other side. In all these cases, you're going to do chalitza. Why? Because again, they're ervas kukaso. They are arias to each other. When they are arias to each other, there's an iser that you're not, you can't be miyabim to them because of the zika. They both fell to you simultaneously. Rabbi Shimon Poker. And Rabbi Shimon says, uh, fascinatingly, you don't even do chalitza. Whoa. Why? Because as we're going to see in the Gemara, because he holds that they're pata from Yibu Midaraisa. He holds it's a Daraisa. We're going to bring the Pasuk down. Again, once they're pata from Yibu Midaraisa, obviously then you don't do Yibum. If the only time you do Chalitza, Andrew, is when you have the conundrum, which happens in all of these cases. I don't know how often it happens in real life, but the only time you do Chalitza is most of the time when you're not sure. Because Chalitza, as we've already said, is the safest thing to do. But if you think that there's an Isra Darabanan uh, to do the Yibum, but there's a chiv daraisa to do the ibum, so then chalitza is our magic out. Um, but according to Shimon, you don't even get to chalitza because there is an iser daraisa of ervas kukas. Okay, and as we've said uh, so many times, this case we say Allah, right? If one of the Arias is related, in fact, to one of the surviving brothers, if there's an Isr Erva, then Asr Ba Umotr Ba So in that case, uh, as we've been saying until now, the, right, the, the Ervas Skukasa falls away because only one of the women that falls to him is in play, and therefore he is going to be Asr to the Erva and Mutr Ba her sister, or as it were, her other relative, right? Now, Isser mitzvah, Isser kedusha. Um, we've defined this already. Um, I heard Rabbi Lee, which a great Tafiyomi master, refer to this as either an Isser lav do raisa. I said it's an Isser Durban, and that's true too. Uh, or it's an Isser lav, right? Any one of these Isserim that's not an Isser karis. In other words, not an erva, but an Isser, right? Then chaltzos v'lo mitziabimos, right? In that case, of course, we've learned this already, that it's an Isser lav, you do chalitza, not yibum. And so, Andrew, we're repeating a lot of the same concept. I'm sorry if it's too easy, but I just, you know, this is what the words are, so we keep going. Tanya. So the Bryce says, the Shimon, as we've said already over here, right, in our Mishnah, he's going to say that they're not going to get yibum or chalitza. Where from? We've already seen this, right? Uh, that... That there's a pasuk specifically that says you don't take the woman in addition to her tsar, as the Gemara continues to explain. In other words, the chiddush here is that Reb Shimon holds they don't even need chalitza in a case 
right, where there is a zika to each other, he finds a source for that darabanan, and therefore the yibum never gets off the ground, so you don't even have to worry about it, right? Obviously, the chachamim don't have that limud, and therefore they only have that as an iser, right, darabanan, this, this ervas zukukaso, and therefore once it's an iser darabanan, then of course the only uh, recourse is to do chalitza. Okay, so then the mission said, if one of them was forbidden by an erva, then he takes his sister. The Gemara says, really? How many times do I have to go through this, Baron? <laughs> we know this. This is the only halacha we've been learning. Yes, we've been doing charts up the wazoo, but the halacha has been the same always. If one of the women is an erva, then you could take the other one. So the Gemara says, no, this one in our Mishnah is important, like Shimon Itzrich, because it has to be uh, informative with regards to the Shita of Rabbi Shimon. You might have thought that since Rabbi Shimon says that in a case where two women that are related to each other fall to you, you, do, you don't do Chalitza or Yibum, Ligzor, you might have thought within the Shita of Rabbi Shimon that you're going to make a Gezerim, Right, because of the concern that you might be confused with regular two sisters who fall for you for Yibum, right? And Kamash Malan, the Mishnah is informing us that even according to Rav Shimon, right, if you have two sisters fall to you and one of them is an erva, right, then, then the other one who's not an erva can be taken for you in Yibum. In other words, you would have had a Hava Amina that, that, this, that, that it's the two Daraisas knock each other out and maybe even a regular case, you would have had a Hava Amina and the answer is that no. Even Rib Shimon subscribes to the to the time tested thing that everybody holds. Um, uh, you know that that we've been referring to over and over again. That if one of the women is an erva, right, then the other woman is in fact eligible for yibum. Fine. Last line: Iser mitzvah. What's going on by the Isri Lab as we have finally arrive at the very manageable time, five fifty six a.m. Says In other words. The, what's the question of the Gemara here? Well, we said that the la, we said well the Mishnah could follow Rabbi Shimon. We just said that the safe over here of the Mishnah could be Rabbi Shimon. Oh, wait a minute, Rabbi Shimon says that you don't do chalitza and you don't do yibum. So what? Why are we talking about here by that they do need chalitza if it's a mitzvah, if it's an iser lav, right? If we treat the darabana like a daraisa, right, or if we treat an iser lav like an iser karis. Then, then even here with a regular iser, you wouldn't do chalitza within the sheet of Rabbi Shimon. So, how is it that you are doing even chalitza on the iser lav? Wants, the Gemara wants to know if we are in fact within the sheet of Rabbi Shimon. So the Gemara answers, it's a gazera. Yeah, the reason we do the chalitza is we have a gazera mishum iser mitzvah da alma, right? Because of the concern that if we don't allow it here, then again the case of the iser mitzvah da alma is what would people think? In the regular, in the regular case, right? In the regular case, you would let a woman out without chalitza, right? Even when she's not the zukuka's sister. That's the problem. Uh, all of these, and as we always say, um, quoting Birnbaum, who are these people? We already saw this a lot yesterday. Who are these people that we're trying to not confuse, right? But at the end of the day, we saw yesterday. Why do we need the case of the four brothers and the three brothers? Because if you only learn the case of the three brothers, then you might have a misconception of when you implies in the four. If you only learn the case of the four brothers, you might have a misconception of when you implies in the three. We are trying to avoid misconceptions of when you apply. So it is certainly true that even Rabbi Shimon would agree that if two women, right, that are nachrias, as the, as the uh, Mishnah calls them, right? Two women that are not related to each other, married two brothers, and they fell to Yibum, 
and then and then one uh, was an Isser Erva, and the other one was not. It is certainly true that the one that is not an Isser Erva can and should be taken in Yibum, or at least done Chalitza for. But the concern is that if we start confusing the cases, right, and saying even within Rabbi Shimon, that if there's an Isser Lav, that we're not going to do Chalitza, so then even in the regular case, when the women are not related to each other, you may forego Chalitza, and that would be a terrible thing, because she technically needs, she can't be a Yavam she technically needs either Yibam or Chalitza, she can't just go marry anybody else. And so, we're always concerned that, that there's going to be a um, withholding of Chalitza if we don't uh, perform chalitza where we can. And so it's always safer to, even within Rabbi Shimon, to just do the chalitza in order to avoid, right, not literally releasing, right, a woman that actually has a zika. And so that is the answer of the, of the, of the Gemara, that even though, if, if you're gonna, even if you're gonna say that the safe of the Mishnah is within Rabbi Shimon, and that in theory Rabbi Shimon would want to treat the Isra Lav, Right, uh, or, or treat, uh, at least a darabanan like a daraisa. He, he's he's not going to do that in a case where um, it's going to lead to confusion and people are not and women are going to be end up in a regular case where they should have chalitza not having chalitza. So then the Gemara says, okay, hatenach ihi that fits well according to right um, to the woman who has the iser lav herself. However, But what are you going to say for her sister? In other words, right, how are you going to protect her? The one who, who's released without chalitza won't, won't, you're going to have to say she's a skuka sister. So how are you going to, uh, how are you going to impose chalitza on her, as Rashi explains? So the Gemara says, great, mishum la In other words, the one who is an iser lav, so you impose chalitza on her, but, and, and, but the sister is one step removed. It's one step removed, but again, you need to have a gazera mishum lasa dida, right? Because of the fate of the one that's an Isulav herself. In other words, if we release either the woman who's an Isulav or her sister without chalitza, it would lead to the same misunderstanding of thinking that in a regular case you don't do chalitza. And that we can't afford to have, and therefore even the sister we're going to do chalitza. So he says, okay, gabi erva lo gazrinan. Yeah, but when we had an actual erva that fell to Yavam, we don't say, oh, uh, do chalitza on, on the sister, right? We say, we, in that case, of course we're going to impose either Yibum or chalitza uh, on the second sister. That's our classic case. In other words, when the Isr Lav, when one of the women is an Isr Lav, we're going to make sure that everyone has chalitza. But when one of the women is an Isr Erva, so that's our classic case when we say the Isr Erva is out of play and the, and the other woman can have chalitza or Yibum. So therefore, why are we going to impose that on the second sister? So the Gemara says, shiny erva, demigma gemir la'inchi. You can't compare an Israelav to an erva, right? If, you know, if Frank ends up his own mother or mother-in-law falls to him in Yibum, migma gemir la'inchi. Everybody is going to understand that she's exempt, right, from chalitza. Bekalai islay. That's a hawk, right? That the whole world knows. And therefore, again, it all boils down to, um, at the end of the day, you go to Rabbi Rose, he's going to always pask in chalitza, unless it's absolutely crystal clear, right, that the woman that fell to Yibum is, is an erva. The woman that, and that's something that should be crystal clear, because as we say, kala isle, right, we know what the relationship between these women are. That's no surprise. The isla could be a little bit more, um, 
right, subtle, right? And maybe people don't realize that there's an Israel here. So in that case, we have to be more explicit in order to avoid confusion. And in Israel, we are not going to be confused anyways. Okay. Now we arrive at the Mishnah on Chavtesa Medalef. And the Mishnah is going to talk about the fascinating concept of Maimar. Okay. This is the case of the lonely brother. Watch this. The lonely third brother. What is Maimar? Let's review. Maimar is kind of like <laughs> Ruvain and Shimon got married. Levi was left a bachelor. Levi was left a bachelor. And for whatever reason, he wasn't confident in dating Andrew. He didn't listen to Andrew's podcast on uh, kosher money, on how to present yourself in an interview. And he just doesn't have the confidence required to, to present himself well. And Ruben tragically dies. Now this is kind of Levy's opportunity uh, to do Yibum. But he doesn't just want to do Yibum. He wants to make a wedding ceremony out of it. And there is such a thing, a wedding ceremony Durbanum, called Maimar. Maimar is you bring Nasi Gross and, um, and Fischl and Jeffrey Retches, and you make a little wedding out of it at, at uh, Terrace Elka. And then you can perform the Yibum afterwards. The question is, what is the status of this Maimar? At that point that you did the Maimar, is, there, is this an Isuin? Is this an Erisin? What, what level of, of uh, the relationship do they have once they did the Maimar? Let's see it inside. Shloshachin. So there were three brothers. Shnaim Nesuin, Shteyachayos. Ruben and Shimon got engaged and then married to two sisters. Ve'echad Mufne. Right? So we don't, we, this Tosos Shishonim points out, this is a Lashon that we haven't seen before. He's a bachelor. Okay? He's free to, uh, to date. But tragically, let's say Ruben dies childless. Right? So Levi, brother three, wants to make a wedding ceremony. So that's where the conundrum begins. Now, Levi performed Maimer. So he has not yet performed Yibum. Performed Maimer. Uh, now Shimon tragically dies. This is a terrible story. Now, when Shimon dies childless, now Levi, you would say, well, he already married the first sister, right? He already married Ruvain's, he already married Ruvain's, um, widow. So when Shimon's why, uh, when Shimon passes away, you would think, well, okay, well, she's just doesn't have a miyabim because there's only three brothers, right? That the Yibam has already been done and performed. That's in the past. Says the Mishnah, Beishamai Oimrim, Ishto Imo. That's what What I just said is Beishamai. Levi already took, right, Ruvain's widow as a wife, and therefore she calls him interestingly Ishto, right? She's his wife, and that's it. So when Shimon's, uh, when Shimon passes away, and his wife falls to a widow, and she happens to be a sister, right, of what, uh, of Ruben's widow. So she has no recourse because, after all, Levi had already married via Mimer, Ruben's widow, and therefore Shimon's widow is now her sister. Ruben, uh, and Levi cannot take her. Mind you, if, uh, we've already said this, you know, we're so used to them being related. If, if Ruben and Shimon, well, if Ruben and Shimon had not married sisters, then maybe Levi would have another uh, wife to go, uh, to take in. But they are in fact related, so not. So that's Shita's Rebbe Shimon. What's done is done. We've already had the wedding, and therefore Shimon's widow cannot be taken in as Yibam. However, Rebbe Silomim, Motzi, a oh, crazy, crazy case. So sad. 
Levi, Levi was doing Yibum, but look what happened. What does he have to do? Levi now has to divorce Ruvain's wife, Ruvain's widow, and give her Chalitza. Right? He has to divorce her and give her Chalitza. And then Ve'eshes Achiv Bechalitza. In other words, in a classic case where the two sisters, and we've already learned this multiple times, in a classic case where Levi was faced with Shuman and Ruvain dying simultaneously in a, in a tragic banana boating accident, and the two sisters fall to him, we've already learned many times that the halacha would be that Levi gives both of them Chalitza, right? He has no recourse. He can't be Miyavim them because they're sisters. And he can't let him go because there's a zakuk to him. So he gives them both chalitza. We have the magic pill where he could just uh, release both of them with chalitza. However, so, the, so, so Basil says this, is, in effect, applies to this case as well. That really, because now, again, Levi had not yet done yibum. So because he had not yet done yibum, he's left with two sisters that are zakuk to him. I, he already did Maimar? No, the Maimar is not effective in the same way that Yibam is, and therefore it is the similar, or it's essentially the same as two sisters falling to him. The only thing Maimar accomplished for him is now the woman who he did Maimar on, not only does he have to do Chalitza, but he has to give her a get. A hundred percent. Andrew makes the diuk that had Shimon done Yibam, not that it would have been okay, but he would not have, then, then it would have been like Beit Shammai, where the second sister, what? I'm sorry, did I say Shammai? You're right, I apologize. You see, this is what happens with the names. Okay, let, let me say that again, and puppets, I know, he's so angry that I didn't bring the puppets. Uh, uh, again, as, as Andrew points out, had Levi, sorry, thank you, had Levi, the third brother, done Yibum, then, the, then Beit Shammai and Beit Shammai will both agree that when Shimon's widow falls to Levi, that he, that she is just a sister and she goes free, right? She doesn't, she's not, he, he has no chiv of Yibum on, on Shimon's widow because he already did Yibum. Yeah, so that's the case. The case is that he did Maimar without having done the Yibum. That's the crux of the case. Oh, no, so, so right. So, but the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is that you're touching on something very important, Andrew. Andrew said, wait a minute. Isn't she, like, Maimer is just like after the Yibum. Like, she's Zuckerberg she's Yibum. Not, no. The answer is Maimer and then actual Yibum. But you're touching on something because we did already say if there's already a Zika of Yibum, right? If you hold Yesh Zika and there's already a Zika of Yibum, what is the Maimer adding? The Gemara will touch on that, right? Yeah, like, well, you're just spending money on a wedding to make Levi feel good. Be that as it may, if you did the Maimer before the Yibum, according to Beis Hillel, you accomplished nothing with respect to, right, already fulfilling the mitzvah of Yibum. All you've done now is put yourself in a situation where if the other sister falls to you, now you have to give chalitza to both of them as if nothing happened, and the Maimer all it does is obligate you in giving a get. Okay? So you understand Shittas Beis Hillel. And then the Mishnah uh, explains the sadness, right? It is upon this Nebuch individual that we said, right? Look at poor Levi. Now he lost Ishto. Remember where he did Maimar, he was excited. And now, is, is, it's, it's, uh, Burman points out, we call him Ishto. 
and not just Isha, but Eshes Achiv. Levi tried to do the right thing. His intention was to do Maimer and then to do Yibum. In the end, he is now usher to both of these women and back in the bachelor pad, eating ketchup straight out of the bottle. Okay. So the Gemara says, Zuhi Lemutei Mai. Why does it say Zuhi Sha'amur Eshes Achiv? So the Gemara, Lemutei Achiv Rabbi Yeshua. The law didn't come to say. Yeah. In other words, we don't hold to show you that we do not hold like Rabbi Yeshua. Ella Ikarab Gamliel Ikarab Eliezer. Keep this mission. Um, Barry, I'm going to put you in charge of keeping this machlokas from Gamliel Rabbi Eliezer in mind uh, for like 80 days from now when we learn a Dafkov test, right? That case, what was the case? I'll say it outside. That was the case of the katana. We actually touched on this. This was a big hawk on Daf, um, I think Yud Ches, where we talked about um, the katana. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we had, yeah, all the way from Yudches to Chaf, we were, we were hacking this up. Again, the case in our, in our Mishnah, both women are of age, okay? And Levi is, is taking a woman of age. There was a machlokas, right, Rabbi Liezer and Rabbi Gamliel, about what do we do in the case where the woman was a katana? Meaning, what happened was, Ruvain died, Levi had no, and he left a, basically a child bride, Okay, so now Levi had no idea that Shimon was going to die. Shimon was married to a woman of age that was the child bride's sister. Okay, in other words, right? Ruvain and Shimon married sisters, except for Shimon married a 20 year old, and Ruvain had an arrangement with a six year old. And so when the six year old falls to Levi, Levi takes her and does Mimer. Okay, but he obviously doesn't marry her yet, but he does Mimer. Okay, doesn't do the Yibum yet. Oh, uh, and then Shimon dies. Now Levi has an even bigger conundrum because the wife that he, so to speak, married or did Mimer on is a katana. And the wife that fell to him now, the second, the sister, is of age. So that's a conundrum indeed, which we saw the machlokas already. Do you wait for her to be of age? That's one shita. Do you wait for the, the katana to be of age? Uh, and the shita is, if you wait for her to be of age, the other one falls off and that shita allows Levi to marry her. Or do you uh, entice her with an ice cream cone to do miyun? Because don't forget, the maimer can be undone by katana with miyun. And then once she does miyun, he can go ahead and be miyabim, Shimon's widow, right? So this was the hak on daf, on daf yerches, uh, through chaf, and we will see it again in daf koftes. But the point is that Beicham Beisil are not within that, that idea because that was brought at that point in Yudches as a data point to talk about this concept that you brought up, Andrew, of yesh zika or ain zika, right? Does the, if, the, if you hold yesh zika, then you can't do any of these suggestions of waiting her to age out, right? You have to do the Yibam right away. And, and it doesn't even matter if you don't do the Yibam because the zika is the Risa right away. So you have, to, you have to handle it more definitively, right, if yesh zika. Be that as it may, that our Mishnah is going with this idea that you have to, you have to do something definitive right away. So the Gemara says, Amar Maimer Right? Don't say that Maimer is a, is a Kenyan Gamor. Right? In other words, because such that if the Yavim wants to, um, right, wants to get out of his Zika, he has to give her a get. So what he's trying to explain Rabbi Lazar is trying to explain that this mimer is never an actual wedding. What is the effect of this mimer? All it does is reject the, the, uh, the sister 
from consideration of Yibum, because now she is, um, right, now she is set aside for him. But it's not, right, going to affect the get. And let's support it with Gemara in Chavav that we just recently heard. Amar Rabbi Avin, Af Amar Rabbi Avin, Af Anan Nami Tanina. We also learned that in Chavav, where we said, if you recall, Beit Shami Amar Mikaimu, Yikaimu In Lechatchila Lo. In other words, Lechatchila, they weren't really ever married, but right, we frown on the marriage, um, and so we turn to Amud Beis, and we said, How's that Araya? Because if you thought the Beit Shammai is affecting an actual full Kenyan, In other words, the Maimer should be the trick. We keep talking about Chalitza as a trick. Right, Barry? We always say, if you go to the rabbi, he's always going to tell you to do Chalitza. Because Chalitza, no harm, no foul. If you did it appropriately, you mamish took care of a Zika da Raisa. If you did Zika inappropriately, so you spit in a shoe, nobody cares. Right? It, it's, there's no downside. Well, Mimer could be equally magical and effective in a sense. If Mimer was so effective, right, then what would happen is a Yavam can knock off the other wife with a Mimer because it's a full Kenyan. And, he does, and even before he does Yibum, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, Barry? Asur lezeh muteres lezeh. The conundrum, the, fa- the, the famous conundrum we keep having over and over again. You have the two, let's say, two brothers, and you have two sisters uh, that fall to you. So do maimer. That's another way of doing it. Instead of doing chalitza, do maimer. Once you've done maimer, you effectively married one of them. And then the other one falls off. Why wouldn't you do that every time? So since Beit Shammai does not allow that to, do, to happen, we see that even according to them, maimer is not a complete... Acquisition. It's not a real marriage. It's not the on the level of Yibum. That's the point, right? Maimar is certainly less than the Yibum. Okay. So the, and, and, and we see that, right? Because if it was, again, on the level of Yibum, then it would actually be a suggestion that you could always do to break, um, to break that, that uh, double Zika when you have, when, let's say you have sisters fall to you. So says the Gemara, that's not what Beit Shammai holds. So then, therefore, what is the halachic import of Maimur? Says the Gemara, In other words, it does affect the complete um, rejection. So if we say that you could do it, no. That we don't say. No. That's the point. That even though it sounds like we're saying that Maimer could be Doche, no. It only is a Maimer de Hetera that is Doche. And that gets you right back to square one. In other words, it, it, Maimer only, essentially, this is what our Mishnah brings out, according to Beit Shama, according to Basil, certainly Maimer only hurts you, so to speak. Maimer, all it's going to do, it's going to only uh, make you need to give a get. But it's never going to really help you to the point where you actually uh, uh, can, can release the other woman. And that's why even according to Beit Shammai, you're going to have to, right, give the, uh, right, the, 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 the uh, yikaima, yikaima in lechatchila lo. In other words, the conundrum is, Beit Shammai is making you mikayim, right? Beit Shammai is letting the marriage stay, but lechatchila, he doesn't want to do it because he really only has supposed to have a maimer de hetera. So the question is, why does our mission say otherwise? It says, nami maimer, amr maimer, gomer. So I should say that even according to Beit Shammai, who says it's, it's a Kenyan Gomer, right? And that is obvious because he's going to allow them to stay in the marriage. Maybe it should work. So he said, no. Even according to Beit Shammai, the right? He's only going to say a Kenyan Gomer when it's a Maimer uh, de Hetera. And that's why we can't bring our Mishnah as a proof 
to, to this position of Rebbe Lazar, right, with respect to the effectiveness of, my, uh, of Maimar. Right? In other words, Beit Shammai is not, uh, even though Beit Shammai sounds like there's a Kenyan Gummer, again, Beit Shammai in our mission said that you can allow the marriage to continue, even though it was two sisters. So how do you allow the marriage to continue? Must be that he holds Kenyan Gummer. Not necessarily. He, could have, he might just hold on Maimar de Hetera as a Kenyan Gummer. Again, if it was simultaneous, this is, this is just the, the crux of the point. If the sisters had fallen simultaneously, Rabbi Lazar makes an assumption that because when the sisters fell sequentially, Beit Shammai allows the first marriage to continue, right, that, that this would even work if the sisters fell simultaneously. That's the point that Rabbi Lazar thinks is the case because he holds, well, if the sister fell and all he did was Maimar, and the Maimar is a Conan, and you allow the marriage to, to stay, that must mean that the Maimar was a real Kenyan. And therefore, even if the sisters simul- fell simultaneously, mm-hmm. you could do Maimar, and it would be a real Kenyan, and it would release the second sister. Mm-hmm. To which the Gemara says, not so fast. Rabbi Shammai allowed the Kenyan Gomor because, because the Maimar was sequential. And when he did Maimar the first time, she was mutter to him. So ain't a chinami. You could say it's a Kenyan Gomor, but only because it was a Maimar of Heter. But that would not be the case if the sisters fell simultaneously. Beit Shammai would not allow such a mimer because that's called a mimer iser, where the two sisters are zikas to each other, and so the fact that Beit Shammai allows the marriage to survive in a sequential case should not be taken, as Rabbi Lazar assumes, to mean that the mimer would even apply in a simultaneous case. Okay? That's what that means. So now, uh, version of that, eight lines down, Rabashi Masni Hachi. He taught the discussion this way. Amar Belazar, lo teme maimel bechamai dachi dachia gemura, betzarasa chalitza namilo baya. Right? Don't think that the maimer bechamai that's mentioned in our Mishnah, where he allows the marriage to survive uh, of Levi, uh, does, doesn't mean that the tzara doesn't need chalitza. Ela docha umeshayerhu. Right? So it's another version of of the of the conversation. Because again, according to Beis Hillel. It's obvious that the Maimer is garnished mit garnished, as my grandmother would say, right? According to Beis Hillel, the Maimer doesn't help. All it does is make you need to give a get, and you have to give, still give a chalitza to, to, the, to the sequential, to the second sister. But according to Beit Shammai, he was allowing the marriage to stay extant. Ooh, does that mean that the other woman doesn't even need chalitza? After all, she's already in it. No, it's, it's partial. It's partial. The other woman still is going to need chalitza. We're still going to need to cover our bases. Okay. So I'm a Rabbi Avin. Well, that's what we learned in the Mishnah Chavav. Don't forget. That, in that Mishnah, two sisters fell to two brothers simultaneously. And then the brothers went, went ahead and performed Yimum. And what did we say Beit Shammai said the Lacha was? Beit Shammai Omer Mikaimu, Yikaimu in Lachatchil Alo. Yeah, that's consistent because he says Yikaimu. And he doesn't allow them to get do the Yimum Lachatchila. If you thought within Beit Shammai, who allows the first right uh, union of Levi and the first sister to remain, if you thought that that was a uh, again, the same conversation we had before, right? That if the Mimer was not partial but complete, then it would be a real, a real trick to do. Then Rabbi Rose would probably, right, allow um, Levi to do Mimer, and then once he did Mimer, then the other woman is no Shaykhis, it's like a real full Kenyan. Elamai, we have to see the fact that Bechamai does not allow this union to happen, so we see that even though he holds that the Maimar has obviously some very serious import because he allows Levi to continue via Maimar to be married to the first sister that fell to him in Yibum, even though it is a very meaningful thing, it is not 
a Kenyan Gummer indeed. So the Gemara asks, Ve'ela ha-ketani. Yeah, but still, the Mishnah said, Ve'chame omrim ishto imo, ba'alezu te'tse mishum achos ishto. Right? The, our Mishnah itself says, Ve'chame wants the Maimer wife to remain. So how do you, this, that does indeed imply that she's, that the achos is completely rejected. So doesn't that imply, doesn't that mean that she doesn't even require chalitza? So the Gemara says, no. Ella, Yevama, no. This is, seems like it's conclusive, right, proof that, it, that the Maimar is a Kenyan Gamar and that Rabbi Eliezer is refuted. But not, not so much, because the other Mishnah is resolved as follows. Ella, Yevama, Dechazi, Lakulo. Yeah, if the Yevama, who's eligible for every stage of Yibum, right, including Yibum itself, then Chazi, Lamiktsasa. Then she's eligible to be part of the process, which is to say she's eligible eligible for mimer. However, in other words, when two sisters fall simultaneously, since both are ineligible for yibum, then you can't even have mimer. So if it's simultaneous chalitza, it's it's not going to work. If it's simultaneous, you'll need to do chalitza. Whereas where if it's sequential, yeah, if it's sequential, you do the yibum. In other words, our Mishnah is sequential. The Mishnah before was in Chavav was simultaneous. The beginning of our parak was simultaneous. When it's simultaneous, that's considered a Yavama Shalom Chazir Lechulu, right? You can't do Yibum or Maimer. That Maimer will not be effective. So any way you slice it, if you're doing Maimer in a scenario where you can't do it, it's not going to be effective. But Einachinami, Beit Shammai will hold that the Maimer is effective in a case where the Yibum would have been allowed Right, that, cause really he could have even done Yibam, right? Levi could have done Yibam in our Mishnah. Just happens to be we're trying to learn what he accomplished by doing Maimer. But at the end of the day, the sisters felt him sequentially. So when the first sister fell, he could have done Maimer, he could have done Yibam, he could have done Chalitza. And therefore it is in that scenario and only in that scenario where that Maimer has the effect of a full Kenyan Kiddushin. So we're gonna pick up tomorrow with Bai Rabbah in the middle of Chavtes Amadbeis.